0: Everybody, and welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host Grayson Segers. Um, it's good to be back with you. Um, I had many people reach out and and wonder uh, what was wrong, but actually last week we took the week off. We ended up getting under the weather a little bit, and um, honestly, we're we're to the point we're trying to get to where we've got some stuff you know in, in the content bank to where uh, we can go a week without um, you know without recording and. You guys don't miss out on a weekly episode, but uh, right now we're trying to get all that in the works, Um, but until then, every now and again, we may have to take a week off, and that's what happened. We got under the weather, got sick, and uh, I figured it would be better that I just go ahead and take the week and try to get better, and that way y'all didn't have to hear me snotting and blowing and everything else, Um, and I've still got a little bit of it. You may be able to hear it. I may end up coughing a little bit or or something like that, but nevertheless, we're going to get into it. But I, I am glad to be back uh, with you guys, and um, I'm glad to be here recording. And, and honestly, we've taken this time to try to get some other things going and some other things in order uh, for upcoming episodes. And, and there's some things coming down the pike that we think that you'll uh, really, really enjoy. So uh, y'all stay tuned, and and you know, and maybe we'll we'll get in this thing together and we'll we'll learn something together. Um, In case you haven't realized, or or maybe I haven't told you, I I don't know, but a lot of what we discuss here on on this, uh, on the Level Ground podcast, um, isn't just necessarily some new thing. None of it is any new thing. And a lot of what we discuss is not necessarily uh, just a good thought or a good idea, but a lot of these things are things that I've talked to myself, I've told myself, I've Uh, Preach to myself, or whatever you want to call it. These are all things that maybe that I've that has helped me first and foremost, and and I want to extend this not only to uh, whoever may listen, but whoever might share this with someone else, or or whatever the case may be. But without rambling too much more, this week I we're kind of going to go a little different than normal, I guess, and. I say that every week maybe it might be the same um but I was thinking when I was trying to get this episode ready about one word and it was from a movie from oh brother where art thou and they said over and over again bona fide he's bona fide he's bona fide we're gonna the, the, i think the little girl said to everett in one part we got a new daddy now he's bona fide and you know, I just thought that was a funny word that that was said in uh, in the movie, and that was it. And to be honest, I didn't know the the meaning of it and what exactly bona fide meant, and so that led to really this episode today. And uh, we ended up finding out that in contract law, the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing is a general presumption that the parties to a contract will deal with each other honestly fairly and in good faith so as to not destroy the right of the other party or parties to receive the benefits of the contract of the contract this is otherwise known as the good faith law or the bona fide law now you look and uh, i looked and I found in 1933 there was a case called kirk lachelle and Uh, the company versus the Paul Armstrong company. And the New York Court of Appeals said, in every contract there is an implied covenant that neither party shall do anything which will have the effect of destroying or injuring the right of the other party to receive the fruits of the contract. In other words, every contract has an implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. In other words, every contract is bona fide or should be bona fide. And I understand to know this is a legal term, but it it would be otherwise known as bona fide dealings. Dealings done in good faith. Someone who can be kept in good faith would be called bona fide. Now, bona fide means, number one, neither specious or counterfeit. To be genuine. Two, made with earnest intent. Sincere. Three, made in good faith without fraud or deceit. Honest. And in Latin, bona fide means in good faith. So we've said it over and over and over again, and I know we've already heard it. And although bona fide isn't in the Bible, attributes of the definition contain a deep spiritual truth, to be genuine, sincere, and honest in our dealings, whatever they may be, and we should be a bona fide Christian standing in good faith. If something is done bona fide and done in good faith, you should truly believe what you're doing is right and with the purest intent. If If you were to... To work and you were to do uh, your job, whatever that job may be, and you were to do it in the purest form, in the truest form that you could do it and in the best way that you could do it with the purest intent doing that job, trying to do it right and believe the way you're doing it right, that would be otherwise known as being bona fide. Many people today in their work life, in their home life, even though this is a word we don't necessarily use a lot anymore, could be considered bona fide. There are a lot of things that we do, that, and we do them in good faith. We do them in in order to, to say there was an agreement or, or say there was more than one person. We do those things to make sure that both sides come out in the good, just like in this contract law what we found is that in a good faith law, in a good faith deal, in other words, in being bona fide in these things, both parties come out with some form of help. Both parties come out in the good. Both parties come out for the better. Now let's go ahead and jump into the meat. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 6, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now we've got to find out what, in order to be bona fide, in order to be or in order to have deals that are done in good faith, we have to understand and know what faith is. And in this situation, now we can look at the dictionary and we can try to find what the dictionary says. And a lot of times, uh, if you'll look at the Noel Webster 1828 dictionary, it'll give you not only the Old English and what that word meant in Old English in the older times, closer to when the Bible was, was interpreted, but also you can look and it'll give you scriptures that kind of back it up and and that'll use it but also the bible will define itself now i'm going to try my best not to get on the KJV only train and and say it in a way that makes anybody that reads another bible um feel like less of a christian because there are some people that that are that way now do i believe that the King James version bible is is the closest translation we can get in English to to the uh, original script manuscripts. Yes, I do, and and we're actually going to do an episode late at a later date on those things. But I want us to look, and I want us to realize that in the King James Version Bible, it'll do something for you that other version Bibles will not, and it'll define itself. And in some places, it's harder to find, but you can find it. But right here in Hebrews. 11, the Bible gives us the biblical definition for what faith is. And it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now we can take this down and we can begin to to look and and to try to divide it. And we're going to try to divide it the best we can. but but faith is the substance so there's something there of things that you're looking to. When you have faith you're looking ahead looking towards something and you're holding on to whatever you're looking toward. And it's the evidence of things not seen. When the wind blows I can feel it and I have faith that that was the wind. When the sun begins to set I have faith that the moon is going to rise. When you go to bed at night and you set your alarm clock. You believe that that alarm clock is going to go off and wake you up the next morning if you set it right, and you have faith in it. And that's what faith is. And that that's honestly the biblical definition of what faith is. And and the Bible goes on to in this scripture tell us that the through faith we understand that the word words were framed by the word of God. So so in this day and time also with this. You've got all these people wanting to try to justify everything that Christians believe scientifically and either justify it scientifically or disprove it scientifically. And, and yes, there are some things in the Bible that we can back up with science and we can back up with tangible evidence of different things. But what we've got to realize is Christianity as a whole is nothing natural. There's nothing natural about being a Christian it's not—it's um, not anything that a normal person or, or a normal human being would do by nature. But it's supernatural. There, there is a spirit, uh, a, a spirit, a uh, spiritual side of this thing. This is not just a natural thing that you can do. We've got to realize that this is a supernatural thing, and there is a spiritual side of this. And if you do not have faith. You do not have you do not look toward I'm, I I'll tell you. I look toward the coming and the return of Jesus Christ because I know that if I don't die and and the Lord comes back before uh I find myself in the grave um that that'll be my escape out of this sin-stricken world. And I have I look toward that and that's what I look toward and and i look toward that substance and that's a thing that i hope for but also i have faith in god that he's going to give me my next breath and i hope i'm trying my very best to explain to you what faith is and the bible says that without faith it is impossible to please god and here you look and you and you realize and it, and it starts talking and it and it tells us By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He took him by faith and with faith and in faith. He took and believed that the sacrifice he was offering God would please him. And so he done it. And you look and you see, and even even here the Bible said that we understand and know by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Here is the answer for any creationist uh, to give to an evolutionist. To here, here's here's the answer, and and the reason why you might talk, and, and some of you may do some witnessing and may do some talking. I've done some talking to to people that believe in 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 strict evolution and not creation, and. And they want to justify it with science. And there are things in creation theory that you can justify with science. But there is a faith level there that we've got to have. And you've got to understand that through faith and with faith, we understand that God came and God was just here. God was abided, God was not created, He is the creator. And it's hard for us because everything around us is made and everything around us has been created. It's hard for us to imagine something not being created. And that's the biblical definition of faith is, is looking and believing intently with your heart. The very foundation of anything done as a Christian should be grounded on our faith the faith that we've put in the Lord Jesus Christ and we put in the God of heaven. and if we don't do any, do these things whether it's in church, whether it's uh, whether it's in outreach programs, whether it's witnessing, whether it's evangelism, uh, uh, whether it's m- uh, mission work, whatever whatever things that you may do for the Lord, if you don't do them in faith, it will never please God. You can do things out of tradition, you can do things out of habit, you can do things out of obligation, and they will not please God. In order order to be a bona fide Christian, you must do things for the Lord in good faith. You must do things for the Lord holding to that faith, clinging to it tighter like like the very lifeblood you breathe, and the very uh, the the breath that you breathe in your lungs, you cling to that. You you know that if you don't have breath, you will die. As a Christian, if you do not have faith, you will die a spiritual death. Grayson, does that mean I lose my salvation? No, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. The Bible says we're sealed until the day of redemption. But the Bible also says we can get so far out in the world that we forget that we were ever purged from our old sins. And without faith and without doing things in faith, and without, I'll even say this, without listening to God when He speaks, we cannot please Him. We've got to listen to God turn away from sin and have faith in what God's doing and what God has asked us to do. And I'll say it again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the first question we should ask ourselves is, where is my faith? What do I put the most trust in? Do I put more stock, if you'd have it this way, do I put more stock, do I put more trust in Jesus, which is where it should be, it's where mine should be. This is where yours should be. Do you put it in your job? Like we talked last week about, is the trade worth it? Is the trade worth it? That that job you have, is it, is it worth trading your job that you put so much faith and put so much trust in? Is it worth trading that for a spiritual death? Is it in my hobbies? Is, is the things that I enjoy doing or you enjoy doing, or or is that what's standing in the way between you and God and your faith? Is it hard to have faith in God because, and know that God is working on your end because you want to go hunt, you want to go fish, you want to go do these things? And and by all means, we, we ought to have hobbies. I believe God wants us to have fun. But on the same token, at the same time, if our faith gets placed, In anything else besides Jesus Christ. And any place else besides the Lord. We cannot please God. Is it in your friends? Do you have more faith in your friends and your family and what they're going to do for you than you do God? At that point you can say, and here's a plus side about a podcast. I can ask you these questions because these are questions that I've asked myself. And I've said from the beginning, we want to have real conversations about real topics with real Christians, with real people. There's been times that my that I have not had faith in God and had not had faith in what God was doing in my life. And I put more faith in in my hobbies, in my job, in my family, in my friends. But at the end of the day, when God asks you to do something, when God has is beckoning you to do something, go somewhere, to, to go a certain way, whatever it may be, and you don't have faith in him, you'll never please him. But if you put your faith in him and you trust that faith and you pull that faith away from, and yes, you should trust your family, and I have faith in my family, and I have a, a faith in my friends. But there will be a time, and they they're. they're There has been times when my friends and my family has let me down, but Jesus has never let me down. He's got my best interest at hand, and He works all things for my good, and I've got to have my faith put in Him and to trust the process. There's a song that I heard growing up, and a lot of you probably know it. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You've got to trust the process of the Lord working on you. Jeremiah chapter 18 talked about the potter's house and how that uh, he went down to the potter's house, potter's house because the Lord commanded him. And, and he looked in and he saw that the potter was had wrought a work on the wheels and, and was um, molding a vessel and it became marred in the potter's hand. And he took and he made it again a new vessel. Even if we feel marred in Jesus Christ's hand, we need to trust the process and have faith and remain in good faith that He is working everything out for our good. And once we establish that we have been faithful or that we are faithful, (laughs) when Christ asks, and Christ's, uh, uh, Christ beckons us to do something, and we have determined that we try our best to do it, there will be times that we fail, every one of us. But when we determine that we're putting our faith in Christ, then we can go on to a deeper thing. I want you to ask yourself some more questions, and then we're going to look at them again here at the end. Do you want your family to know Jesus? Do you want your friends to know Jesus? Do you want your co-workers to know Jesus? Do you want to be a light for him and people look at you and see Jesus in you? And if you can't answer that, truthfully, I want you to think about something else. Go back to the time when you were born again, when you were saved, when the Lord dealt with you and you, had, and you established your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I dare say every one of us had somebody that we looked to, somebody that helped lead us. They may have not been there when we prayed. They may have not uh, uh, been there when we were under conviction. But at some point in time, we looked at a Christian, and we seen their life, and we wanted what they had. And you know why we did? Because they were trying their best to be Faithful. If I hadn't had a faithful mom and daddy to the Lord, if I hadn't had a faithful friends, if I hadn't had a faithful church growing up, I would have never gotten saved. And what you've got to realize and what you've got to got to know, even though we are living in the last days, that means not, that doesn't mean give up, fold our arms and never work anymore. But what that means is now more so than ever, we ought to be about the Father's business. We ought to be doing, we ought to be working and, and if we don't have faith and we're not putting faith in God and we're putting more faith in the things of this world than we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, the consequences are so much more than just spiritual death. The consequences are not only you not having a closer walk with God is what you could have. But number one, one of the consequences is the church dying. Not just your local body, wherever it may be, but also the church as the whole. And we've been talking about the church a little bit and trying to expound a little bit on the church. And that's every born-again child of God. And you not having faith, and if any of us doesn't have faith and doesn't live according to the gospel and doesn't live or, or not the gospel, but according to the word of God and and does not live according to what God has put towards us, if we don't live in faith, now we're gonna mess up. We're gonna do wrong, but if we don't live in faith, what that's gonna do is that's gonna hurt the church and cause it to slowly become sick and to die their church is closing their doors every day because the members quit being faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to ask yourself this question. Is me not being faithful to the cause of Jesus Christ, me not being faithful to Jesus Christ, me not being faithful to what He's promised me, me not being faithful to what He's done, is that worth my church closing their doors? Is that worth it to me to hurt the body of Christ as a whole? It's a tough subject. It's a tough thing. But I'll tell you this much. When Jesus has promised me something and has said something, when the Lord has told me he was going to do something, he was faithful. When he told me he would never leave me nor forsake me, he's been faithful. And I told you from the get-go, I've just been trying to tell you things that I've been telling myself. If Jesus Christ has been faithful to me, why can't I be faithful to him? Why can't I do what he's asked of me to do? Here's another consequence. If if we don't become faithful and we don't do the faithful thing for the Lord and we don't place our faith and keep our faith in Jesus Christ, not only does it hurt the church, but it could hurt your children. It could hurt your friends. It could hurt your family. It could hurt those that don't know Jesus. Because you might be the one that was intended to lead them to Christ. And how would you like one day to look and to see them? And imagine if they, you were the one who was supposed to share Jesus Christ with them and all of a sudden one day at judgment they looked at you or Jesus looked at you or however you want to work it out. But it was told to you that because you weren't faithful, Because when God asked you to do something, you didn't do it. Because you didn't live for the Lord, there are people in hell because of you. And the blood would be applied to your hands. That's why we ought to be a bona fide Christian. We ought to live in good faith. We ought to abide in good faith. We ought to work in good faith for the Lord and pressed toward the mark, toward the high calling of Jesus Christ. Now we read to you the definition of bona fide earlier. And the first part said to be neither specious or counterfeit, but to be genuine. What does genuine mean? Genuine means to be native, belonging to the original stock. Hence real, natural, True, pure, not spurious, false, or adulterated. In order to be a bona fide Christian, not only do you have to have good faith, number one, good faith put in God, but number two, you have to be genuine. Number two, you have to be real. You have to be natural. You have to be true and pure. We've lived into a day and time where church people try to act better than everybody else in the world. I'm not giving you an excuse for sin right now. I'm not trying to tell you, go out and do whatever you want to do because Jesus loves you and it'll be okay and, and He can forgive you because we're flesh. But the flesh is enmity against God. It's an enemy of God's. And in order for us to be real and to be natural and to be true and to be pure and to be genuine... We don't need to act like we're better than anybody else. Admit that we have sin, even though we try to stay away from it. And that's the key thing. You ought to try to stay away from sin the best you can. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes we can't help it. But you ought to try to stay away from sin. And try to separate it and let it be separated from you. But when someone asks, don't act like you're better than them. Because you go to church, or I tell you something that we've run run across multiple times, and I cannot stand it. And and this may just be Grayson talking. But there's a lot of people they walk into church, and immediately when they walk into church, they and I've been guilty of it myself. They walk into church and they put on this mask, and they act like everything's okay. And they act like they're right with God. And they act like they don't ever laugh. They don't ever have fun. They don't ever uh, have a good time. And to be honest, those are the most intimidating people in the church that there ever has been. And though, and those people shy more people away from the church than, than they do bring them in. Lord, give us a sense of humor for a reason. The Lord give us happiness for a reason. The Lord allows us, God, when He created us, He allowed us in our our mindset to to be able to enjoy hobbies. We ought to do that. And we ought to be genuine about it. If we enjoy something, we ought to tell somebody we enjoy something. And and we ought to be true with them. We ought to be pure and honest with them and let them know, Hey, I'm just like you are. I'm in the same boat that you're in. And be real. We've got a bunch of fake Christians out there. Plenty of them that'll go out and live like the devil himself on Monday through Saturday, but then Sunday morning come in right with God. But then we've also got Christians that Sunday to Sunday act like they're better than everybody else, and they're not. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Number one, do I have have my faith put in Jesus Christ? Number two, am I genuine? Am I a genuine Christian? Number three, the second definition we give you for bona fide was made with earnest intent or sincere. Now, the word sincere means being in reality what it appears to be. Not feigned, not simulated, not assumed or said for the sake of appearance, real. Not hypocritical or pretended. In order to be a bona fide Christian, not only do you have to be in good faith and have faith in God, not only do you have to be genuine And be a genuine Christian. But you need to be a sincere Christian. Realize that what you do in the house of God ought not be fake. If you come in to worship God. You ought to be worshiping Him. Monday through Saturday. Not just on Sunday morning. And the same way you're willing to pray. And to raise your hands. And to thank God. And to talk about your Lord and Savior. You ought to be willing to do that through the week. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If people know you go to church on Sunday morning, but you don't talk about it any of the rest of the time, then you become simulated. You become a simulated Christian and not a sincere Christian. And then when you say things, you say it for the sake of appearance, but don't live like it. Could I do better at this? Yes, I could. We all could. Every one of these I could work on, and you could work on. And it's not only for the betterment of society, but it's for the betterment of your relationship with Jesus Christ And also the betterment of the standing of the church in society. Now the church is frowned upon. Yes, that's because the world hates the church. But they have this stigma put on them because the church has been uh, deemed as hypocrites and hypocritical. The church has been deemed as fake. The church has been deemed as a bunch of liars. But if we start to live like a bona fide Christian, and we'll be bona fide... That it'll make a difference. Third part of the definition we read to you was made in good faith without fraud or deceit. Honest. And the word honest means upright, just, fair in dealing with others, free from trickishness and fraud, acting and having the disposition to act at all, at all times, according to justice or correct moral principles applied to persons. In order to be a bona fide Christian, we have got to be honest. We have got to be truthful. When somebody sit, is sitting there looking at you and crying because sin has wrapped them up and sin has got a hold of them and they can't shake it. You ought to be willing to be honest with them and say, oh, I've been in your shoes or oh, I haven't been in your shoes, whatever it may be, but there is help for you. And then when they come to you and be that way and you're honest with them, and you look at them and they say, I don't want nobody to know, then you ought not go spread it. When they say, I don't want nobody to know I'm in this shape, then we ought not go and say, well, John over there, he's got a problem he's been dealing with, and he's in bad shape, and I talked to him. I told him I wouldn't tell nobody, but I'm going to tell somebody anyway because that makes us look like liars. It's not upright, it's not just, it's not fair. And it makes you a fraudulent Christian. It makes you a fraud. You can be saved and not be a Christian. You can be born again and not be a Christian. In order to be a Christian, we must be Christ-like. We have to strive every day to be a Christian. A lot of people like to take that word and to throw it around. Oh, well, I'm a Christian. Are you really? Do you act like Jesus did? Do you have the same mannerisms that Jesus had? Do you try your best to do the things that Jesus done and commanded us to do? If you don't, you're being a fraud. You're not being honest. And think about it in yourself. How many times have you made a fraudulent deal? And I'll say it that way. In your Christian walk, there's been fraud take place. You've not had the disposition to act at all times according to justice or correct moral principles. You've not had the honesty about you to stand up for what's right and to condemn what's wrong. Oh me, I've been there. I've done things that I don't know that I'll ever tell anybody since I've been a Christian. But you know what? When I went to God and I asked Him to forgive me and I repented of those things, God forgave me. And every day I've got to work on these things. I've got to work on being faithful and I've got to work on being genuine. I've got to work on being sincere and honest. And I want us to end with this. Romans 12, 9 through 18 says, let love be without dissimulation. Basically that means let love be the same to everybody. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but consent to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, As much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. You want the answer? You want to know how to be bona fide and how to be a bona fide Christian? You look at Romans chapter number 12, verses 9 through 18. Now, you look at your Bible, and Romans through Philemon is where we find our church doctrine. And we ought to take our church doctrine from those books. And and one of my favorites to look at is the book of Romans. The book of Romans gives the the simplest outlook on, uh, in my opinion, in my opinion of not only salvation and how to be saved and how to witness to people, but also how you should live and the things that you should do. And what you got to realize is if it, if Paul's writing to the church at Rome, he's what he's doing is he's writing to a bunch of pagans. Now, at the time, I'm sure it was as major, uh, majority of them were Jews in that area, and that had became Christians. But the Lord would save, and God was the Bible said in Acts, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It didn't say that He added just from the Jews. It didn't say that He added just from the Romans. So, so what you've got to realize is not only were they going to the Jew. And ought to have been witnessing to the Jew. But if they were a bona fide Christian. They would have went to the Roman also. And the Roman had pagan practices. And pagan things. And worshipped pagan gods. But if they loved him. They'd go to him. And they'd spread the gospel with him. And here he is. He's given them. Some advice. That they ought to let love be without dissimulation. That they should hate that which is evil, abhor that which is evil, and cleave unto the good. Love one another. Prefer one another over yourselves. Prefer helping somebody else over gaining for yourself. He said, Be not slothful in business. Work hard. And be fervent in spirit. Now, I like this part to have a fire about you. You might say, Well, Grayson, I don't have a fire about me. Well, number one, if you verify and you make sure where your faith is put, then you try your best to be genuine to be honest and to be sincere. And you talk to God and ask God to give you your fire back. I can guarantee you God will give you your fire back. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. The, God will not let his children go hungry. If you go hungry, you choose to. And all you got to do, the table's spread. All you got to do is choose to pull up to the table and eat. After he said, fervent in spirit, he said, serving the Lord. Serve the Lord. To be a bona fide Christian, we ought to serve the Lord. Work for Him. Rejoicing in hope. Knowing that there's something coming. There's something better than this. And rejoice in that. I'll tell you this. Even on my worst days. And I may have said it before. Even on my worst days. I can thank the Lord. Even on the days when everything in my life is going wrong. There's one thing that's right. And that was I made my peace calling election. Sure as a 12 year old little boy. And I escaped the devil's hell. And I'm looking toward that blessed hope. That my Lord's coming for me one day. We will to be patient in tribulation. When things are hard. Be patient. Wait. And it's hard to do. It's hard to have patience. It's hard to sit back. When we're going through hard times. And challenging times. To. Be patient. And to let. Wait on God to work. And to have faith in God. But we ought to. And you look on. And he, he just continues and continues to give us over and over again different things that we ought to do, to continue instant in prayer, stay in prayer. Stay talking to God, he said, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. You ought to have a heart for other people. When they're hurting, you hurt with them. You be genuine. You be honest. You be sincere with them. And when you go and do those things and to help them, God will do a work in them. Be of the same mind one toward another. Every verse that we have read or every part of this verse that we have read we can find and we can see more attributes of those things that we have talked about earlier. How that we ought to be honest and genuine and sincere and be of the same mind to everybody, to not be fake, to be real. What did he say? Be of the same mind one toward another, act the same way to everybody. Bible goes on to say, mind not high things, but consent to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. If there's ever been a day and a time where we've needed to try our best to live peaceably. But stand for what is right. My God is a God of peace. He wants peace. And we ought to try, but that doesn't mean we shy away and we stand down from the things that go against our very values, that go against our very life, that go against the very word of God. If we shy away from those things, we're justifying them. We're in a roundabout way telling everybody they're okay. Do I love people that live in the world? Yes. Do I love people that do these things? Yes. But you know what? A lot of these people that are caught up in sins, whatever they may be, I love them, but I don't want them in the shape that they're in. The drugs, the alcohol, the the all the, the manner of different sins that are out there. We can list them on and on and on again. I'll even say this for people that, and everybody wants to say, well, well, there's more sins besides drugs and alcohol, and that's true. That's very true. Gluttony is a sin. Lying is a sin. And you look at all of these things, and you see people that live in it day in and day out. And it breaks my heart for them. I don't want them to live in that place in that way. But we want to start landing the plane here and kind of closing out today for the Level Ground podcast. I want you to ask yourself and remind yourself of these few questions that we've asked you today. Number one, are you in faith? Do you have faith in God? Truly, is your faith put in Him? And if you don't, are you willing to get faith? Are you willing to reach out and to grab faith from the Lord or, or to put your faith in the Lord and for the sake of your children, for the sake of your friends, and for the sake of your church? I want you to look and I want you to find out if you're being genuine in your dealings, if you're being sincere in your dealings, and if you're being honest in your dealings. And if you're not, ask God to help you to be the way that you need to be. And at the end of the day, you can hold your head up. And later on down the road, when your children and your grandchildren look at you, they can point and say, they're bona fide. They're good folk. But nevertheless, we're, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to like us on Facebook um, at The Level Ground Podcast. or And... Uh, You can look up levelground.22. We've got it fixed there. So if you look up levelground.22, you could probably find us that way as well on Facebook. That's the way you find us on Instagram as well. If you have any questions, comments, or anything, you can always message us uh, on Facebook or Instagram, or you can reach out to us by email at levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. Also, that's where you'd reach out to us uh, if you needed a Bible. Don't forget, if any of you need a Bible, Reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to send you a copy of God's Holy Word. We want you to have a copy of God's Word. And if God has helped you in this podcast and God has done something for you and you want to just tell somebody, send us an email. We we don't have to tell nobody. We won't tell nobody, but you, we'd like to hear from you. Like us. Subscribe to us wherever you can. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review if you can. That helps the algorithm and, in turn, helps the podcast spread. That's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. Stay grounded, my friends.